that's that's my top. That's my big. I four don't know, dude. Like death metal in a world where Anthrax in a world. and Slayer are considered in the same tier. I don't see why this is not because it's a tier. completely different genre. Those bands are both thrash metal bands, and everything Cannibal about this band isn't. is thrash metal except for the vocals. False, completely false. It is definitely down tuned death metal. So I would say, yeah, because uh, what what the fuck is his name? Why come I can't remember his name, Dan? Because I was just talking about him earlier this week. The guitarist who's like... Pat O'Brien. Yeah, O'Brien, he uses like... He was in Malevolent Creation, right? Yeah. Yeah. He uses A-sharp for whatever the fuck that is. Because I was, I was reading an interview on him. He uses that and one other for his tuning. Since, uh, let's see... Uh, since he was in Malevolent, Since 1998, dude. yes. And how many years has this band been a thing? Well, he wasn't in the band in 98. No, was he wasn't. He? he started in 98 with uh, Gallery of Suicide. Suicide. Yeah, because that's a 98 release. So what's wrong with my point? The point is is that you're saying the band as a whole is largely thrash metal, except for the vocals, which is simply factually incorrect. Oh, I, I, I was talking about the downtune thing. Downtuning has nothing to do with the style of music. Yes, it does. It absolutely distinguishes death metal from thrash metal. No. It doesn't. Yeah, it does, dude. Like, I don't know how to... Like, you can say it doesn't all you want, but it is an actual distinguishing difference between the two styles. Isn't I'm so glad you're recording this. So, I... I mean, it By would all way. be like the same thing with, like, new metal, right? Like, like down-tuning was like... Tuning a, has nothing to do with heaviness. It has nothing to do with the style of music that is played. It has yes, nothing it does. to do with the actual yes, music. Yes, it does. You cannot play the first fucking Korn album in standard. Korn is not thrash metal. That's no, no, that we're, we're, no. We're, hold on, we're no, talking about no, down no back, no backtracking. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I mean, like, corn is not a thrash metal band. No, we were talking. No, we're no, talking no, about no, down You said, now, you said down is for the genre. Does not make do, you heavy. Okay, but that's, but it. it You're you saying said, that it's you not said thrash metal has, you because said it's tuned down. Tuning down does not make it heavy. You're still playing the same fucking thrash. Slayer could play an A sharp and it would still sound the exact same. Cannibal Corpse makes Slayer sound slow. There is no difference in the style of music. If oh, anything, when's the last time you heard tremolo picking in thrash metal? I think we're going to have to... What are you talking about with tremolo picking? I think we're going to have to agree to disagree. No, It like, sounds like we I, have a bunch of... I can do this all day long. Each other. It's it sounds the death same. Death metal is you an change extreme. Change the vocals, you'd call it thrash. Death metal is an extreme subgenre of heavy metal music. It typically employs heavily distorted and low-tuned guitars played with techniques such as palm muting and tremolo picking, deep growling vocals, aggressive, powerful drumming featuring double kick and blast beat techniques, minor keys or atonality, abrupt tempo, key and time signature changes, and chromatic chord progressions. Now let me pull up thrash metal. All of those things apply to thrash metal guitars. Do they? Yes, every single one of them. Well, except for the blast beat drumming. Are you saying Slayer doesn't blast? No. Are you Slayer saying Napalm doesn't... Death doesn't blast? Napalm Death is a grindcore band. Which Are you been... saying that Megadeth doesn't blast at times? Megadeth doesn't blast. At times? Megadeth doesn't blast. They have. Which is funny because their drummer now actually has a blast beat named after him called the Dirk Blast, which is kind of funny. But it might be because I'm a fan of his that I know that. I'm that creepy guy that you see outside your window hanging out in the tree. If you ask anybody off of the street right now, they don't know the difference between thrash and I'm not talking about anybody off the street. 
So you're not going to. We can have different. One of us plays guitar and drums and has been listening to the other person say for over 20 years that thrash metal all started with punk. Yeah, that's correct. Okay, so when you take the techniques and the things that go into death metal, and it's the same thing that Slayer's been doing for that same amount of time, if not longer. Sounds nothing like Slayer. It all sounds the same. Yes, except for the vocals. Yes, on a purely cosmetic level. Cosmetic. It so it's not wrong. It is wrong. You know, I, I, I'm this interest. I love both you guys equally. <laughs> you know, no, Jeff. Tell tell us how you really feel. Don't do this halfway bullshit. Don't be all... Oh, well, like, I, I, had, no, I had that person no, I, in my head I'm about saying, I'm not the technical one here when it comes to, to metal. I am the feel guy. So... I, I don't think the my, only Cannibal opinion, Corpse album that sounds anything remotely like thrash metal I, is eaten back to life. And they even have um, shit. What the fuck? Is it, it sounds the most like thrash metal. Yes. And like a, a skeletal domain has got a shit ton of groove in it. Yeah. So I mean, we could call them a groove metal band too. Well, no, because well, their bass is still in death metal. Why? Well, I, I, I'm just speaking in hypotheticals because they're not just like. They don't play just one style. I mean, they, I, they're not a pigeonholed band, and they, they have a really, really bad uh, persona as being as such. You know, they're like, oh, they're just those dumb fucks that showed up in that Ace Ventura movie. No, they're not. I no, mean, they were fucking amazing, and Jim Carrey was like, I want those guys. Yeah, except Chris <laughs> Barnes sucks. Although, ironically, uh, <laughs> Jim Carrey does refer to them as a thrash metal band. Does he really? <laughs> yeah. No fucking uh, on that Arsenio. Do we have the clip? Oh, dude, we got let's it. Oh, we post, we posted you know, it before. Let's let Jim Carrey settle our argument. <laughs> <laughs> this is the only way to get out of this. I love. Music. I'm not really mad, by the okay, way. That I'm so glad he recorded all of that really because that's going to be like so amazing, such an amazing behind-the-scenes <laughs> picture if we ever decide. Know, to about <laughs> it, man, you're like, you guys think Dan's easygoing? Yeah. Listen to this shit. All right, shut the fuck up. Sounds just like Barnes. But better. It's great. It's great. There's this one band out that's called uh, Napalm Death. And uh, and it's so hilarious. I mean, that I, I listened to this album. I started listening to this album. And it was literally, I'm not exaggerating, that was it. You know, and I thought, you know, someday this guy's going to want to slow down and do some duets. <laughs> Don't bring me flowers. <laughs> I'm a little bit country. Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Did Jim Carrey predict Demon Hunter? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. And that's the comment that starts the show. I don't care what anybody says. I'm only a co-host on one podcast. Hosts. Say it that way. Hosts. Yes. Co-host sounds better from phonetic. I consider us all hosts. I do too, but we are cohorts in the hosting, so we are Dude, co-hosts like of that. each other. Say it like that then. Hosts. Which cohort of the hosting is correct? Co-host sounds fine. We're all co-hosts. I'm Whatever, done talking man, about it. Just make it. it awesome. If you guys think that Dan <clears throat> is fucking wrong, then you are ready. And if your co-host is dead fucking wrong about thrash metal, then you are ready for this episode of Discography Discussion. I am Joe. That is Dan. That is Jeff. Well, Jeff, who is it? I um, I love both you guys equally, but I think I'm 
the only one ready for this episode. Fuck you, dude. <laughs> eat a... Yeah, fuck you, too. Not Danish. whole, bitch. Eat a, <laughs> eat a Danish. We are drinking not whole Marzen-style lager from Logboat Brewing Company. Dude, it's so good. It's amazing. It, it is the perfect perfect beer to discuss death metal. So does anybody not know which band we're talking about tonight? Oh my god, we're talking about fucking Cannibal Corpse! Yes! Uh, I made a mistake. I've been listening to tons of Cannibal Corpse. Dude. What did you do? What did you... Did you fuck up, Jeff? Maybe. I I thought we were supposed to listen to bands that had Kip Winger in it. No? How about fucking Corpse Grinder? Yeah, bitch. There we go. There, there we go. go. <laughs> All right. All right. We're back on. All right. Yeah, I'm excited. Dude. I'm fucking pumped. 14 albums. I feel so much more aggressive tonight <laughs> than I normally feel. It must be the knot hole that we're drinking. It's got to be the knot hole, but I have a lot of, I have a feeling it has a lot to do with Cannibal Corpse. I did tell my phone more than once this week. To listen to Cannibal Corpse, and it played Cannabis Corpse. I'm not gonna lie, <laughs> I don't remember there being that many vocals about weed. But a <laughs> back in the day, I heard a Cannibal Corpse, thought they were a joke band. I'm like, yeah, they're just in it for the shock value. They're not a joke band. They are not a fucking joke band. I will say that the last eight or so albums I heard were no fucking joke. Yeah, it's, it's nine. It's nine albums. Okay. The last nine albums are gold. Man. And if you can't f do the math, if you can't figure out who is and isn't on the first five or the last nine, figure it out now, and you'll know why we're saying that. Cannibal Corpse is a band that formed in, I believe it was 1988. I thought it was 85. I think it was 88. Okay. But they were from Buffalo, New York. I, why, you know what I think it is? I think they were under a different... They had a different name, but the majority of the members were in that other band, which I can't rem fucking remember. And then whenever they got Barnes on board... It's 1988. It, be it became Cannibal Corpse. And it's 1988. Yeah, but there was a different, different band that predates them, I guess is all I'm trying to say. I believe the band was called Beyond Death. Yep. Was the band that predated Cannibal Corpse. That is correct. I'm just having a total brain fart. Cannibal Corpse, as we know them today, or at least knew them in the early 90s, began in 1988 in Buffalo, New York, relocated to Tampa, Florida, because, I mean, if you're death metal, you need to be in Florida, right? It's a prerequisite. Well, yeah. If you ever read the news headlines, it's always Florida man doing stupid shit, so. Absolutely. And man, early on did Cannibal Corpse do some stupid shit. Well, before we start talking about all that stupid shit, I want to take this time to say thank you to everyone for listening to the podcast. Thank you for listening and for subscribing. If you are not a subscriber, you can find everything Discography Discussion at DiscussMetal.com. We're on Spotify, Google and Apple Podcasts, Tune in radio, Stitcher. So if you have an Amazon Echo or a Google Home, you have no excuse. Ask it to play the latest episode of the Discography Discussion podcast, and it will. We're also on Facebook and on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Be sure to like, favorite, and subscribe. It really helps us out. It lets us know you're listening, and now Dan is going to tell us all about five-star reviews. Oh, my God. Five-star reviews are, like, one of my favorite things, besides George Corpse Grinder Fisher. <laughs> but seriously, guys, one of the biggest things about reviews is not just that we want to stroke our own egos. Speak for yourself. That's totally me. Okay. Well, 
it's not to stroke me and Joe's egos as much as it is just to help us get recognized in recommendation algorithms. Highly rated podcasts typically are recommended to other podcast listeners who listen to similar podcasts. I know that may sound really redundant, and I know we say it every single week, but seriously, to everybody who has reviewed the podcast, rated the podcast, subscribed to the podcast, you are helping us out more than you know, and we thank you for that. Yeah, it's like a plague. We're spreading. Like an evisceration plague. Exactly. We got a YouTube comment from Mr. Natural. This is in regards to episode 83, Misery Signals. Great podcast, guys. I love this band. I wonder where the hell are they now? I love Jesse's voice more than Carl's. Don't get me wrong. I love Carl, but Jesse is better in my opinion. I always imagine, what if Absent Light were recorded with Jesse on vocals? Without Shy Halud and Misery Signals, or maybe with Poison the Well and Hopes Fall on the list, Metallic Hardcore will never be the same. Oh, and one more thing. Can you guys do Remembering Never next? Yes. Because their last album is sick. I don't understand why they're still underrated. It won't be next, but it will happen. 100% guarantee. You know, I saw Remembering Never uh, back when I was in high school uh, with Zayo. Actually, it was uh, it was beloved. Back in my day. Yeah, get off my lawn. <laughs> it was uh, it was Twelve Tribes, Remembering Never, Beloved, and Zayo. First time I ever saw Zayo live. Hey Dan. Nice. Two thousand three. Dan called. He said, "Listen to Zayo." And we do. No worries. <laughs> we got a tweet from AC. Oh, I'm reading the tweet from AC. Our boy. I love this. Thank you, AC, for finally being on my corner. A rare disagreement with Dan. Jeff described my feelings towards somber romantic pretty well. It makes me want to listen to Ghost's first album. Maybe not that bad, but you get the idea. Definitely in favor of a Fear Factory episode. Hell maybe yeah. them and Static X for uh, Industrial December. I can guarantee that Fear Factory will be coming in December. Yeah, I'm pumped about that, too. I've been a huge Fear Factory fan for shit the 90s it's been a long time maybe we'll do a patreon on static x if they don't make it in, if they don't make it into the month this year i'm kind of worried about them doing a i don't know if anybody's heard about this but the existing members of static x are gonna release a new album with wayne's vocals and then they're gonna tour I'm kind of curious on how they're going to do that. I mean, are they going to have guest vocalists singing stuff? Or are they going to try to do like a Tupac, like 3D, you know, Wayne up you on stole stage? Stole my fucking bit. <laughs> I think De- I think Dez from Devil Driver should stay should sing. Well, on he the is tour. doing. Well, perfect. Dez is doing some guest vocals yeah. on the new album, but, but I, I don't think know. he'd. I think he'd be perfect. Oh, I I agree. I agree. I mean, obviously Wayne Static would be perfect, but you know, yeah, it sucks, man. That dude looked like he always had so much fun while he was like up on up, up on stage. I wish there was more people that had his charisma and seemed to be having as much fun as he did when he was up there. So over on Facebook on Tuesday, I did a Facebook Live video uh, as an October update to what was going on, and uh, Matt and I talked an awful lot about Industrial December in that and asked for some suggestions of bands to talk about. Uh, Matt Nods from the Roach Coach podcast commented, are you doing ministry or KMFDM? Oh, KMFDM. Hell yeah. Well, I responded leaning more, leaning towards ministry for sure. I'd rather do KMFDM personally, but well, ministry we'll, works. Uh, 
Oh, they got a Tester. That's a great song by Ministry. Well, we'll figure that out. Um, might even uh, might even talk to Mr. Nas about giving his thoughts, and uh, hopefully that'll turn into something really cool. And then uh, we also got a comment from Mike Newton. Uh, he says, really looking forward to the Fear Factory episode. I do like, or I do think Ministry needs its day in the sun. Should be interesting considering their ups and downs as a band and the music they have made. Either way, I don't give a shit who else is covered. I'm listening regardless. Fantastic. Well, that's, that's the type of listeners we love. Yep. I would like to point out at this time, we have five Sundays in this December 2018. Ooh. Oh, man. We can pack more in. Maybe we need to add in a little KFDM, Jeff. I would be uh, all on board for that. Or we could do uh, God Lives Underwater. Woohoo! That's it's like not, it's not really industrial, though, right? Oh, it, God Lives Underwater is straight up industrial. No. It's just not industrial metal. It's industrial they're, rock. They're like Nine Inch Nails. Hmm. You'd put them in the same genre as, as uh, Nine Inch Nails. They're, to avoid getting in another genre battle tonight. The shame genre well, as opposed the to is, the same genre? Because I've listened to so much Cannibal Corpse, Go sit dude. in the corner with your I, I can literally on. pull out a machete at any shamed. point and just paint these walls blood red. So, Dan, tell me about Cannibal Corpse. Well, as I mentioned earlier, Cannibal Corpse is a death metal band from Buffalo, New York. Fucking Cannibal Corpse. Who is now from Tampa, Florida. There's a lot of metal in Florida. A lot of people don't realize that. Actually, it's same thing with Buffalo. Those are two. Tampa and Buffalo actually have a lot more metal than people realize. Two vastly different scenes. Yes. That much it is, but they're two very good metal scenes. But the boys in Cannibal Corpse, well, they hit us in 1990 with a really fucked up record called Eaten Back to Life. And so if you don't know anything about Cannibal Corpse... I'm not sure where you've been living for the past 30 years, (laughs) but Cannibal Corpse is a band that plays downtuned death metal, and, well, they just sing about the most horrible things imaginable. Honestly, any horrible fucked up shit that you can think of, they've already talked about it multiple times in certain cases. Yes. Agreed. How many records did it take them to actually talk about it? Because... There's no vocals to speak of that can be understood in English on these first four records. Well, I think on Eden Back to Life, it's pretty understandable. As it gets further into Barnes's career, the harder it is to understand him. But the first five albums with Barnes, it is harder. First four. Yeah, that's right. I'm sorry. I'm thinking about whenever O'Brien got on board was... Yeah, so first yeah, first four, four records features uh, Chris Barnes who most people know from Cannibal Corpse. <laughs> Six feet under. <laughs> right. I wasn't even thinking about that when I said it. But, uh, yeah, so, and he, he went on to form Six Feet Under, which is another shitty band. Yep. And, and uh, Torture Killer from yeah. last week. Yeah, and Torture Killer, which is he a better. He did appear on one of their albums. He did. He did. Yes, he did. And um, he sucked on that, too. <laughs> but, yeah, Cannibal Corpse, death metal band. They talk about gore. And it's easy to write them off and say that's it. And you're not entirely wrong if that's how you feel. Like, if you feel like this is a band that's just going to play down-tuned, guttural death metal all the time, and they're never going to change it up or vary it, and they're only going to talk to talk about killing people and dismembering people and zombies eating your brains and all that good stuff. I don't see a problem with any of this. Zero problem with it, really. <laughs> but, Likewise. you know, if you think that's all the band has to offer, you're not wrong. But... If you really get into it and look into it, because honestly, going into this episode, that's what I thought. 
And uh, I have been enlightened very much. Getting into this first record, we're just going to have to do the journey, man. We're going to have to start from the very basic beginnings and go all the way into the greatness that is Cannibal Corpse now. So Eaten Back to Life came out on Metal Blade Records in 1990. And to Joe's point, this record has a lot of thrash influences. A whole lot. This isn't necessarily the Cannibal Corpse that you've all heard. I think most people's exposure to Cannibal Corpse would have been on their third album and probably the song Hammer Smash Face. Eaten Back to Life is a little bit different of a Cannibal Corpse. It is a more thrash metal oriented record. I feel like the lyrics are pretty much the same as what you'd get for the next four. Dumbed down? Or the next three. They're a little dumbed down. I feel a little dumber after reading some of them. I love Cannibal Corpse because they're a band that is energy, heavy, they've got the growl, I'm in the mosh pit, I'm slam dancing, fuck yeah. Lyrically, you can tell me all day long this is what they wrote, and I have the same problem that I always have. I shouldn't have to read it to understand it. When you give me a page of lyrics and you say this is the deep lyrics that Cannibal Corpse writes, I think, well, they wrote them, but they're not saying them. It's heavy metal. I don't fucking care. Inside, I love it because I just fucking love this band. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't care so much about the lyrics, especially when Barnes is writing them. I actually started shockingly listening to some of the stuff that Corpse Grinder had to say in some of the later albums, mainly because I think he's easier to understand. He definitely enunciates. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> but in the beginning of the career, I would be, I would agree with you. Just jump in the fucking pit because there's not much else to do there's not a lot of nuance you know it's just straightforward in your face beat the fuck out of you you know straight up death metal well minus the first album which has quite a bit of thrash influence i don't care you know as you get further in i start to care quite a bit but the first uh, the first versions of the band with the first few albums it just doesn't do it for me it's just yeah it's loud it's noisy it's in your face but i think we kind of needed that to move the death metal scene forward, they, I think they did a they did a good service, you know, as far as putting the name out there. And thank you, <laughs> dumb fucks. We'll get to that. that's on the third album. <laughs> all right, we'll all right, all right, all right. Jeff may have I'll, just introduced a new character without knowing it. <laughs> dude, I'm, I mean, I'm getting a little excited here. Eaten Back to Life is a debut album, and it is very middle of the road. And I think last week we established a term called roadkill. <laughs> it's roadkill. Because that's very much what this record is. As a matter of fact, the very first song, Shredded Humans, is about people being killed on the road. Eaten Back to Life is a mostly thrash metal-oriented record. For 1990, not unheard of. It actually reminds me quite a bit of Death's Leprosy album. Maybe even a little bit of Scream Bloody Gore, although I do think that those two records are far superior to this. Yeah, from a technical um, aspect, there's no question. Well, absolutely. Chuck Chuck could fucking shred, you know? Right. These guys really don't on the first record. Uh, it's it's very basic. It's very choppy. It's very disjointed. That's how I felt. It's extremely disjointed. It's not enjoyable to listen to, which... And I mean that from a death metal perspective, it's not enjoyable to listen to. I understand that if your only exposure to metal is like Metallica or Iron Maiden, you're going to listen to this and be like, what the fuck is this? But I don't get a lot of value out of this first record. I think it's just a birthing pain. 
of like, here we are, we all got together, and this is the first time we've all sat down and wrote music together. And it shows. It, you know, the vocals are, are disjointed. They're a little all over the place. It almost sounds like Barnes is out of breath on, on some of the faster parts. Like, like he's trying to keep up with the rhythm and just can't. Right. It's almost like, I think what I said on the Torture Killer, like, this was the best take you could come up with? Really? And I think to a certain extent back then they just didn't care. No. You know, didn't it was, care, didn't have enough time to do it again. Or, or enough money. I mean, that's entirely possible. Strictly from a technical standpoint, this is the sloppiest album. Oh, it's not. Yeah. Yeah. No joke. Yeah. Absolutely. No joke. Yeah. And And I don't care. It's really not bad. Like, I I don't mind eating Back to Life, but like, I don't listen to it. When I want to listen to Cannibal Corpse, I'm not popping on eating Back to Life. And I realize that there are a lot of people that are like, oh, this is so great or whatever. But like, really, it's not the best death metal you've ever heard even that year it's not like some band came along a year later and just totally redefined the genre or whatever like you know like i said last week this is the book that death wrote and they're just following it the best that they can but they're not nearly as skilled a players yet and that's okay um obviously the record did well enough for them to continue and i think i think the biggest the biggest asset that they had at that time was the fucked up lyrics because there were no bands yet that had gone that far. Yeah, you're right. It's the shock and awe. It's the lyrics. And I and I also think a, a big part of it is the album cover. I think the art was a huge part in it because if you remember, you know, back then, you know, for all you young whippersnappers, you bought an album on what the art looked like. You're like, that looks metal as fuck. I'm Hell get, yeah. I'm getting that shit. <laughs> So when you see somebody like pulling out their own intestines, fuck yeah, I'm buying that. That's that's fucked up. That's 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 some crazy metal shit right there. I want to buy that. The and- parental advisory sticker on my cassette version of this actually covers up all the guts coming out. <laughs> like people are just so, so it's like one out. big parental advisory sticker. Yeah, which just, is- I'm gonna go buy that new Cannibal Corpse album, Parental Advisory. Which is so <laughs> funny to me because like. The artwork is gruesome for sure. But it's amazing. But it's cartoonish. It's it doesn't fam- look real. But I guess it looked real enough for people back in 1990 to be like, whoa, 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 whoa. You can't just do that. And then it turns out after all this time that this was really one of the more tame album covers. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the first time I saw it when I was a kid, you know, I, I kind of put back this in, in your early 30s. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> uh, it kind of, you know, I actually was thinking like, wow, this is like Maiden taken to the extreme. I was, I was curious. I couldn't buy it. Wasn't allowed to buy it, but I was curious. And that's kind of what they wanted. They wanted people that be intrigued by the album art. And I think it really did it. I just felt like, and I'm going to refer back to my notes a lot on this episode because there's a lot of. There's a lot of albums, so I kind of need to remember what I was thinking as I listened to it. And in my notes, I just said this was much more thrash metal than I was expecting. Vocals are more shouted than growled, kind of like early death. Nothing like they what they would become. Found the music to be kind of dry and stale, lacking in too many interesting riffs. Just trying to be fast, heavy, and shocking, but doesn't really achieve this overall. Right. I mean, it just doesn't. It's just... Yeah, the other thing, too, is we got to look at this from the perspective of 
do you remember 1990? You know, I think that's a big part of it. You know, this was some. Cra- I don't. I was still shitting myself in 1990. Right. You know? But I guess what I'm trying to say is, you know, this is this is some crazy heavy shit in 1990. Like, holy fuck! Are you kidding me? That this is this is out. I mean, this is the same thing as um, you know some of the uh, two life crew kind of stuff. You know, like where it was overly sexualized and this was over brutalized. I mean, it. <laughs> I mean, really. I mean, yeah. that's. But that. I mean, no, you're bo- right. For 1990, the- this was pretty extreme. Oh, dude, this was just. It was not only was it pretty extreme, it was off the fucking map. Because like, if you listen to something like Scream Bloody Gore, that's an extreme record for sure. But it still has more in common. It sounds more like Slayer. Right. This was more intentionally trying to sound death metal. And I think they succeeded in that, but I just don't find the music overall to be very compelling. Right. I agree. I I would agree, especially now. I mean, if you're listening to it, it does does not age well. I guess that would probably be the best way to look at it. It, it. there's some stuff whenever you go back and listen to it, you're, you're like, yeah, you know, this could still work today. This album, no way in hell would it work today. I mean, you would think <laughs> not even close. No, you would think like, okay, there's a, a, a bunch of high school dropouts that, you know, made a record down in mom's basement. That's what you would think of this. Well, if they it, made if it, it came in, out today. They made it in more sound studios. No, I'm just saying if it came out today, that's what you would think. I mean, it, so it does not age well. 1991 butchered at birth oh yeah holy shit okay i have to say this might be my favorite cover dude the cover i I love the fucking art on this one brutal as hell dude it's great i can't help it like the asshole in me is like what'd you think of that cover mom (laughs) (laughs) you know like (laughs) yeah oh dude don't pay attention to the woman who's being who's being stripped of her flesh by zombies on the table. I want you to take a look at what's going on behind that, Mom. <laughs> There's definitely babies hanging from meat hooks. <laughs> because why the fuck not? Yeah, I'm not normally one into the macabre. I'm not into the gore. It just doesn't bother me. But it is striking. It's amazing. I mean, it's one of those things like you talk about a train wreck. You can't look away. This, that's how this album art, the, the cover art is just so good. I mean, the quality, I mean, yes, it's macabre, but by God, it looks great. I love the the surgeon on, on the right the uh, with the eyeball still in, just looking fucking psycho. And I love it. It's great. It's definitely a cooler cover than a musical album. Yeah. <laughs> like... <laughs> I know we're giving a lot of credit to the cover. All right. On the first few albums, that's the best part is the is the album art is fucking great. It's kind of like one of those situations where you've been working this job for a long time. You're a well-respected employee. And then you find out that, like, the CEO of the company is coming to, to, to shadow you for the day. And... You guys have to drive three or four different places. And you're like, man, I want to make a really good impression on the CEO. So what do you put on? You put on Butchered at Birth by Cannibal Corpse. And yeah, nothing says I'm a professional like meat hook sodomy. Because we all kind of need to know what kind of person you're dealing with here. Is your boss cool? 
<laughs> or is he not cool? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the ultimate question when you're listening to Butchered at Birth. Yeah. I will say this. You know, I, I give Barnes a lot of shit, but what I really like about this one is he's on this album. He really starts to explore about getting that deep growl as deep as he humanly can. I keep using this term downtuned. Yeah. Because this record is notably more downtuned than the previous. They're definitely going for the more quote unquote brutal death metal approach here. So what you get are guitars that sound like mud. I actually think the production quality is worse on this one than I on agree. the first album. I would agree it, on that one. It sounds a lot more muddy and indistinguishable, but I think that was the whole point. Yes. I think it was a I think it was an intentional choice. Um, I wrote in my notes, this was when Chris Barnes didn't suck. <laughs> You're right. Uh, production sounds a little bit muddier, which you talked about. Um, but I said everything, you know, production sounds a bit muddier than on Eaton Back to Life. But somehow this makes everything sound more downtuned and heavy. This sounds like class- classic Cannibal Corpse and is one of the only early albums that I really like. I think sonically this record sounds cool. Yeah, it does. You know, musically, they're better. I mean, as musicians, I think they've evolved. And like I said, it's one of the few times, like you said, with Barnes, I dig his vocals. I mean, I like where he's going, but I think what he was doing on this, actually, he he was hurting himself to, to create this sound. Right. I mean, why can't you just be awesome and just pitch shifted down like everybody else does? post-production <laughs> that's what you're supposed to do i mean if you did that you could at least understand what he was saying he's not saying shit on this record yeah you just it, he just does not enunciate but i'm okay with that but it kind of it, it kind of adds to the persona on this but like like dan said this is a great great blueprint this holds up way better than the previous i mean they're they're yeah yeah this is a really 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 good album this actually would have been a better debut agreed because it's not like a weird fake out like eating bats of life was because like obviously the first time i heard cannibal corpse they were like five albums in you know first time i heard them was on ace ventura yeah everybody did (laughs) but uh the funny part is is that like this sounds like what you would expect a band called Cannibal Corpse to sound like. And they realized that. I think they, they, they sat down and they're like, look, this Eaton Bat to Life shit is cool and all, but like, we need to take this to the next level. Because, I mean, back in the early 90s with death metal, death metal was like trendy as hell in the early 90s. So you had to have some sort of edge to you. Now, they had the gore lyrics, but they were like, how do we take that? And make it more extreme. People aren't going to just always be impressed by gore lyrics. So, like, we want not only to be talking about the craziest shit that we could be talking about, but we want the music to reflect that as well. Yeah, the, the, you're right. The music matches much better on this yes. album. Yes. Now, the music is not without fault. The thing that I hate the most about early Cannibal Corpse is the fucking choppiness of it. Like, it is so... Yeah, it's the rhythm section. There's nothing going on. Yeah, because it's not like... And again, I realize maybe this is some kind of intentional choice, and maybe it's something about early death metal that I just don't understand, but it bothers me because it doesn't go anywhere. I don't think that death metal is a genre that you're supposed to really analyze. 
at this point, Cannibal Corpse, you're just supposed to listen to the band on stage. It's the next 39 minutes of your life. It's not supposed to be analyzed. It's just supposed to be heavy and intense and in your face. That's all it is. And that's exactly what they are. In 1991, you're not wrong. This was still kind of a new thing. That being said, I still like songs that I can remember. And this was the first album by Cannibal Corpse where I was like, this is cool, but it's one continuous sound from beginning to end. And that unfortunately would not get better soon. Right. It's just their set list. Correct. This is what they played last night when I went and saw them. Correct. So it's one of those like, wow, this band's really cool, but what else you got? And unfortunately, they don't really deliver on that. It bugs the shit out of me. The songs run together. There's no real leads to speak of. That's one of my biggest complaints about earlier earlier Cannibal Corpse records is that they don't have really any good lead guitar work to speak of. That's because a rhythm guitarist was the lead guitarist. Right, and that's a problem. Right. Because, like, you know, I was talking about death earlier with, like, Scream Bloody Gore and Leprosy. And as much as we love later death, like Human and stuff like that, if you look at those first two death albums, they are leaps and bounds above most other death metal releases, if only because the lead guitar work is a lot better. This band has no lead guitar work in 1991. They don't even play fucking Cat Strangler solos. Like, what the fuck is up with that? 1992, Tomb of the Mutilated. So, Jeff, how did you feel about the cover artwork for Tomb of the Mutilated? Well, this artwork taught me a Just got this hot-ass on the cover. Jesus! Just getting It's hot as fuck. And, uh, yeah, I, I got a to this one every once in a while because it's just hot as fuck. I don't know that we can air any of that. Since we couldn't, <laughs> since we couldn't keep any of that. Um, yeah, I mean, this record... <laughs> holy shit. <laughs> this record opens with Hammer Smash Face. What more do you fucking want? Um, you know, I don't know how to, like even describe this but I'm gonna try my best this is a kind of shittier version of Butchered at Birth (laughs) yeah agreed and this is the one everybody loves I know myself included this is the record that put them on the map yeah well exactly musically I'm I'm okay with Hammer Smash Face like musically it sounds good I like the tonals and all that kind of stuff that's in it. it I dig it. I think it's kind of, you know, it's one of those almost like a one-hit wonder kind of record because it's. I think it, it's easily the standout track. It's like the best song they wrote in the garage. Like, yeah, before guys, they- we got to call this one a hammer smash face. Like, oh, my God, because this is like, this is musically the most diverse we've ever been. And we have to capitalize on that. So what you're saying is hammer smashed face is the same thing as a mindfuck? Basically, yes. Okay. Too Many Mutilated basically sounds just like Butchered at Birth, only with slightly better production. And I mean like 3% better. And again, it's like this band's lack of really compelling grooves, riffs, or lead guitar work 
really hurts them and makes all their shit sound the same. I mean, despite this being a big record for them, having the song Hammer Smash Face on it, there's nothing on this record that really pushes the band creatively. It's kind of just like the same old shit that we've heard before. And something really needs to change here before I lose like literally all my interest. Now, I noticed that they employed a similar strategy on this record that they had employed on Eaton Back to Life, which was if we're totally over the top with the gore shit, people won't notice that the record's kind of shitty sounding, which is why they released a song called <laughs> Wait, hold on. That was weird. Let's try again. Okay, so the song's called Joe, is that thing in real time now? Yeah, dude, I had to put that in for YouTube reasons. It's not going to be a big deal, I promise. Okay, well, YouTube reasons? I thought that was Jeff reasons. I guess, like... They did say if I didn't put it in that Jeff couldn't be on the show anymore. So, you know, uh, I had to weigh my options, and, you know, I chose to be on YouTube and hopefully be successful. Well, since I'm not even allowed to say the title of this track, it's track seven. And, uh, I mean, the, the initials are E-R-F-A-V-C. The C, the C word, I think, is, is where we're losing it. That being said, what the fuck, guys? Like, I'm not easily offended. I listen to death metal <laughs> all the time, especially this week. Yes. That being said... I don't even know. I don't even know where to go from there. But like, I I'll feel tell you like to, I'll tell you where to go. Where? Where should I go, Jeff? Can you book me some some flights. Yeah, yeah necro. What did you say? <laughs> necro. We can't read any of the track titles on this record. It keeps bleeping us out, man. I know it's this insane. isn't gonna work, man. We're gonna have to increase our Patreon funding very soon. <laughs> Something like that, man. This this fucking censorship thing has become self-aware like yeah. we, we tried talking about some pig destroyer lyrics a while back we were like you know what people really liked on the show when we read more pig destroyer lyrics and i tried reading them and like just bleeped out everything it was like a half hour worth of shit <laughs> you know but yeah, but somehow shit made it through don't get it absolutely so they really doubled down on the controversy on this record hammer smash face appearing on the ace ventura movie like literally appearing the band was in there and they were playing their song and then at one point you know uh jim carrey you know did his best impression of whatever he thought chris barnes was doing that was cut that was a deleted scene but it's on tbs it's amazing and that means it's real right yes it is <laughs> that but it was also a modified version of hammer smashed face that's in the movie it's like a minute and a half yeah which is fine that's all you really need yep musically this is not very compelling no. This, again, is one of those records where you're like, hey, man, I've worked at this company for a long time, and I appreciate it. This is their set last night. Again, I'm okay with it. What's wrong? And I just want to give you guys a little bit of a preview of what kind of person I am. And my favorite record of all time is Tomb of the Mutilated by Cannibal Corpse. My mom doesn't talk to me anymore. My friends don't. Nobody talks to me. It's weird. You know, I burn effigies of, you know, mutilated corpses in my front yard every night. But, like, I feel like that's, like, I should get a promotion, right? I mean, what are you guys thinking about this? I mean, take, for example, this wonderful song called... We've all been there, right? 
I realized that was bleeped out, but still, the effect remains. Really nothing good to offer musically, but so much gimmick. There's more gimmick here than money can buy. Oh, there it's were, fun. There were legislators putting this record on, you know, like, albums that should be removed from sale. They went beyond that. They actually wanted the record label to drop them. All I can think of is that people like Two Life Crew and Cannibal Corpse have their careers because of those dumbasses. Yeah. I mean, they really do. I mean, like, no publicity thank you. is bad publicity. Yeah. Thank you for putting them on the map. Because, I mean, I kind of feel like this band might have faded into obscurity had nobody ever said anything about it. It's the old adage of if you ignore it, it goes away. Yeah. But this was not ignored. This this propelled Cannibal Corpse to a level that most death metal bands weren't at. And the sad thing is, is they were not like the shining example of the genre right now. Right. On this record, in that moment of time, they really weren't anything to write home about. So, like, how do they follow this? 1994. The Bleeding. I didn't care for this one. Once again, very similar in vain to the last two albums. However, this album does feature slightly more memorable riffs overall. There's a step up in the complexity of each song. And the band starts trying to show off their chops. But not enough. But it's not enough. It's not unifying at all. Like, it doesn't take anything to the next level. This band has basically been treading in the same little kiddie pool of mediocrity that they've always been treading in. And I think I was just sick of it at this point. Like, I just couldn't really... I think that's exactly where I'm at. I just couldn't... I couldn't focus on what was good because there was enough of the same... That I was bored. Thank this you point. for saying it, Jeff. It was a different version of more of the same. Yes, exactly. And like, did the production like drop down again? Like that three percent I said was better on the last album it is now like negative three percent on this one. Is it because people just didn't know how to mix death metal back then? I think they they must have, right? Were we still trying to mix it and make it sound bad on purpose? I don't know. Like Obituary's record sounded great death sounded really great at this point I don't know what it was about Cannibal Corpse but it's almost like they just felt like the muddier it is the more brutal it is and I guess depending on the kind of person you are I guess that's the way it is but I don't know I really can't get into it and I'm not like I don't know it's a little bit better I have to admit it's a little groovy in places Uh, it sounds a little bit like six feet under actually yeah it's not enough of consequence to make a difference it's interesting too because like this sounds a little bit like six feet under and then chris barnes would go to start six feet under around this time and they would just continue on in the same fucking vein yeah forever and not a band i'm a fan of yeah the, the bleeding is not a great record it's not really worth your time if you're really into cannibal corpse and you just have to hear the classic shit Listen to Butchered at Birth and just kind of move on from that because the the other two albums aren't really going to do it for you. And if you if you can't get Butchered at Birth, maybe Tomb of the Mutilated might be okay. Yeah. But I, the bleeding I, isn't where you want to go. No. Tomb of the Mutilated had, I'd say, three decent songs on it. I can't pick out one at all on the bleeding. Like, it just doesn't do it for me at all. 
Collectively, yes, it's a better album, probably from a musical standpoint. But like, you know, Joe was agreeing with me earlier. It's just more of the same. I just was like, eh. That's the best way for me to put it. Then this album came, you know, listen to this album next. I was just like, eh. Well, yeah, and it's like, it's really fast paced, but like, I don't feel the energy in it. Sounds tired. Sounds bored. Probably because they were. And that's what I am when I'm listening to this. I'm bored. Like, I don't care. Do you want to know what happened in 1996 that will make you care? I don't know. Tell me all about that. There's this record called Vile by this band called Cannibal Corpse that has a new lead singer. What, George Fisher? The motherfucking Corpse Grinder! (laughs) George Corpse Grinder Fisher. Best death metal vocalist of all time. Was he, like, slipping fucking nicotine patches into these dudes' coffees in the morning? Because Vile comes in, and from the very start, it is a huge step up in speed, aggression, and technicality from this band. Well, I think it's just because Barnes couldn't enunciate. They had to. (laughs) They could only go so fast, because that's as fast as Barnes could go. That and there were several times where Barnes just wasn't saying anything. I mean, I know he wrote lyrics, and if you buy the album, you can read them, but he wasn't really saying anything. Well, the problem is, is because of the style and the sound that he was looking for, you can only go fast. You can only go so fast, and he was going faster than what he should have because he couldn't enunciate anything. And it's not about the enunciation. It's about being intense, and it's about the imagery of the record, and we're just going to steamroll over everything. Well, well, that's where, that's what sets corpse grinder apart is the fact that he's able to be intense he can be as heavy and as brutal with his vocals as anybody else but you can uh, at least kind of sort of understand what the dude is saying yeah i mean this is much easier to follow along with if you're reading the liner notes yes because he is clear he is concise and the intensity level never never lets up and I just couldn't believe what a vocalist upgrade this was. I actually like the whole staccato, especially in the earlier stuff of his voice. I, I love that. He, he's fantastic at it because you can actually get what he's saying when he's doing it. Dude, the remiss- dude is not from planet Earth. I mean, he's a fucking genius. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the drumming on this record. It is on fire. Yeah, it's way better. Same drummer. But, like, revitalized. He went yes. home and practiced is what it sounds like. <laughs> it sounds well, like he had they a were reason to practice. With, it sounds like they were getting away with that mid-pace shit. And Vile is not a record that I would describe it all as mid-paced, slow, or doomy. I mean, overall, this is more technical and more modern-sounding than the previous four records. And there are a lot of people out there that just basically tell themselves that Vile was the first Cannibal Corpse album and move on, and I don't blame them at all. I mean, you can tell yourself that, because with that logic, Hammer Smash Face doesn't exist, and I can't live in a world without Hammer Smash Face. Well, yeah, but, like, the thing is, is that, you know, once you hear Corpse Grinder sing Hammer Smash Face, it's a hundred times better. It is. And... That's that's the thing is that like 
what he adds to the band. I know we focus a lot on vocalists on the show, and we shouldn't. Maybe that's wrong, but like in this band, it's hard to uh, it's hard to identify what it was that made the band so much better on this record. And the only thing that we really have to identify it is a change in vocalist, because this is essentially the same band that put out all those shitty albums that we just got done talking about. But Vile is something new. It's something different. And to me, it's almost more of a real realization of what Cannibal Corpse was. Like, it's a it's a better definition of what the idea is. Yeah, it's almost like shedding of skin. They've, they've gotten rid of the dead weight, and now you're really getting to see what they are. It's like a... I'm going to be a little hippy-dippy, but it's like the butterfly coming out of the cocoon. I mean... Hippy-dippy, Jeff, ladies and gentlemen. Yep. You've gone from, you know this boring, dark, sludgy, you know, pupa, and now you have a fantastic, dynamic butterfly of a vocalist. But, like, instead of a butterfly, though, it's like a mutilated corpse emerging from a tomb. Oh, no, what you don't understand is, like, the wings of this butterfly are, like, razor blades. There's a really cool episode of Fringe, like, where these butterflies come out of this... this, uh, a heater and like slice this guy to, to bits that's what i think of well i think they would appreciate that analogy oh yeah it's a great episode it's gentlemen hippy dippy jeff lyrics yes. are still super <laughs> fucked up and that's fine that's what we expect from the band at this point yeah i mean you you can't have cannibal corpse without fucked up lyrics that's just part of the course now can we talk about the controversy a little bit this whole idea that what they're doing is so evil and <clears throat> vile. Like, people want to jump on a band like Cannibal Corpse and say they are fucking responsible for the downfall of our society, which is ridiculous. I mean, how many it's stupid? How many people in the general population listen to shit like this? Hey, have you ever heard of Bram Stoker? Have you ever yeah. heard of Mary Shelley? Right. And how much fucking older is that shit than? What's wrong, corpse? what's wrong with telling a story that's just kind of fucked up? That's and it's I, perfectly course, I, I fine. I don't really mean kind of fucked Nothing's up. Nothing's wrong like with it really when you up. can voluntarily not buy it. You don't have to listen to it. No one is forcing you to listen to it or buy it. You just know that the band talks about this kind of stuff. And it's like a horror movie. It's exactly like you're hitting the nail on the head because yeah. you never heard controversy with, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th, Halloween. They're all admittedly huge horror movie buffs. Yeah. I mean, they've straight up sense. said that they've straight up said that like these are essentially like you know, short stories that you could turn into a horror flick. Yeah. Which is cool with me. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with it too. It's it's one of those things where I think it got better from here on out though because the bankroll wasn't necessarily the controversy. Because you're on album five now. People are used to Cannibal Corpse released a new album and it's talking about all kinds of weird fucked up shit. But that's okay, right? I mean, this is what they do. It's their brand. It's their bankroll. But I don't feel like it's as contrived as it was on Tomb of the Mutilated. I feel like on that record they were just trying to like, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. 
Yeah, it was all shock and awe, and now we got some substance to back it up. The right. band is called Cannibal Corpse. Right. Fucking most metal name of all time. One of the most metal names, for sure. And, like, if you're not sure what you're getting into with Cannibal Corpse, you might want to go back and listen to something that's a little bit more vanilla and work your way up to it. But, I mean, you're on album five now, and so the concentration is more on how do we take this and make it perfect more so than how do we just piss people off. I don't think the goal is to piss people off. I think the goal is let's write some crazy shit and write some lyrics that are just as crazy. That's fucking heavy. Absolutely. And fucking brutal. So Vile was very much a linchpin for the continuation of the band. Agreed. It was a rebirth. For sure. If Vile wasn't a rebirth, Gallery of Suicide absolutely was. Gallery of Suicide was the first quote-unquote great Cannibal Corpse album. It's not quote-unquote great. It is great. I say quote-unquote because there are a lot of people out there that disagree. Oh, well, fuck them. Well, I agree with their with what you said about them disagreeing. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so confused. Stop I've, with the metaphors and stay on track, I've so it. many log boats at this point. It's It's all getting a little blurry. Gallery of Suicide is more like it. Like, this is what I envisioned the band to be back when I first discovered Cannibal Corpse. This has actual riffs. Good lead guitar work and actual solos. There's even a little bit of (gasps) melody in some of what they're playing. If the band's going for a horror movie influence, it's nice to see them actually working to establish a horror film atmosphere on an album. Because before that, it was just like, chop, 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 say crazy shit, chop, 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 say crazy shit. You know, like, it didn't work. Make funny noise with voice. And now, yeah, and now... (laughs) It flows. There's a flow to it. There's actual musical composition involved in this. Well, I guess we, we would be remiss if we did mention that we do have a new lead guitarist on this. Pat O'Brien. Pat O'Brien is a virtuoso. He is one of the one of the best death metal guitarists of all time. Agreed. From a malevolent creation. Yes. There's another great death metal band you should yes. check out. Yes, absolutely. That I'm sure we will cover on the show at some point. Yeah, this dude can actually play. This is probably my second favorite cannibal corpse album and it actually has my favorite uh song on it is it the instrumental no really nope which is that it's fantastic it's in my top five but no actually gallery of suicide the self-titled track i love they slow it down just a little bit i kind of wish they would do that a little bit more because god does it sound so good and the guitars on it are... That's what the standout is for me on Gallery of Suicide, is the guitars. Holy shit. It's so good. So, so good. I don't know how many times I listened to that row. Maybe five or six times in a row. Yeah, I listened to this whole album three times. Which is unusual whenever I've got 14 to get through. 
but it's so easy to do it on it, this one. It is because it's really enjoyable, and like they have an instrumental, which is one of their first. From uh, skin to liquid is one of the most ballsy moves from a band like Cannibal Corpse I've ever heard. It's heavy, it's technical, it's melodic, it's, it's memorable. Yeah, it's really good. This was the first time we ever heard melody on a Cannibal Corpse album, and it was welcome. Yeah, this whole album. Yeah, because Gallery Suicide's got plenty. Of, that song itself has plenty of melody in it too. I love, I love being brutal. I love listening to brutal shit. I do. Like it's because a lot of the time I prefer it to more melodic stuff. Whenever I'm six albums in, guys, you gotta play something I'm gonna remember now. I wasn't expecting to find something great in Cannibal Corpse through an instrumental track because historically the thing that I've disliked the most about them is their actual songwriting ability. <laughs> and uh they, they really knocked it out of the park here and it's very much my favorite track on this record. Yeah, I mean, it's my second favorite on this one. It's in my top five. And this is without Corpse Grinder holding the fort down, so to speak. The song Gallery of Suicide is still my favorite on this album, and it's not even close. I love that song. It's in my regular rotation. It has been for a long time, and it was a good excuse to, to put that song on repeat. I seriously listened to it like five, six times in a row because it's so easy to listen to. I actually put the instrumental song on for my wife, and she's like, wow, these guys are really good musicians. His tone is, like, killer on this album. I don't know what it is, man. I wish they were, because you don't hear it a whole lot. It's not even the most this. brutal tone out there. No, it's not, but it sounds so good with what they're doing. It, it, it fits well. And you, don't, you actually don't hear a whole lot of it after this album, and I kind of bummed about that part of it. But the technical playing that O'Brien has afterwards definitely makes up for the the lack of the tone that I love on this album. And it's funny because a lot of the uh, a lot of the stuff that they'd played prior was so focused on being brutal, and yet now we have this guitarist in there that's like, no, we can be scary with our tone. It doesn't have to just be go for the throat the whole time. Are you suggesting? That Cannibal Corpse created an atmosphere. Yes. On this record? A scary atmosphere. On this record, 100%. It is yeah. more unsettling, especially when you take the lyrics into account, than previous records, which were very obvious attempts at look at me, look at me. 10 out of 10 for me. Yeah. It, it, it is unbelievable. I love it. I absolutely love this album. So when we move on to Bloodthirst, 1999, yes, Bloodthirst. Bloodthirst is interesting because it kind of goes more back to the vile sound. And I was truthfully disappointed, I have to admit. I was so excited with what they built on Gallery of Suicide. Yeah, I think that they listen to the fans. They're one of the bands that listens to the fans. And I think people that were diehard Cannibal Corpse fans were like, they were pissed off. What's with this melodic shit? I'm not into this. I don't listen to Cannibal Corpse to make my soul feel better. You know, I don't. I don't <laughs> listen to this shit to be a band aid for my heart or whatever. And obviously, Gallery of Suicide was not that. But I could see how people that were huge fans of the band before that would take issue to it. Right, comparatively speaking, it is 
definitely lighter than Vile when and everything prior. Yeah, and when we're listening to it in 2018, it's a little hard to go back to the 90s and be like, no, man, this is clearly better. Because to us, like, we're at a point now where we're not just impressed by your brutality. Like, it's cool or whatever, but, like, there's bands out there that are more brutal than you are. And they sound way better. They sound way better. <laughs> you know, so an album like Gallery of Suicide sounds better in 2018 than maybe it sounded back in, what, 98? On one hand, you had Gallery of Suicide, but the expectation was everything that you'd gotten prior. What was the alternative? Metallica does Load and Reload, and Megadeth does Risk? I can understand if you're a fan of Cannibal Corpse, you're equally upset about that, because it's not this. It's not what Bloodthirst is doing, or Vile. Does that make that a record that would be unappreciated at the time, but has gone on to be appreciated? I like it. I didn't really have a problem listening to it. I was like, oh, okay. They're stepping it up now. They're going more for the brutal again. They did a little bit of experimentation because every band has the experimentation album. Because I think this song, along with Gallery of Suicide, showcased the band trying to achieve a more modern and technical sound. And I love the aggression level on this because the newfound sense of technicality and complexity really pushes the band forward. Because I do think the Bloodthirst is a more technical record than Vile. They didn't incorporate the melody from Gallery of Suicide into this. But it was one of those, like, we're going to kind of keep doing the same thing that we're doing. But we're going to try to listen to what the fans want on it. So I don't think this is a rehash of Vile. But it's another album in the same vein. The album that was just at bat prior just hit a fucking grand slam. So... Well, and it's not like it's bad. I mean, he still made a hit. It's not like he struck out. It's just Gallery of Suicide is just, it's seminal for me at least. It was different. It was cool to hear something different. Yeah. I don't, this I'm record's not one kind of, of the more of the same. Yes, exactly. It's more of the same and I get bored easy. I've, you know, I've said countless times on this podcast that I'm more interested in when a band kind of goes outside their comfort zone and, and tries something new. And they did it with Gallery of Suicide and knocked it out of the park. You know, but like you said, you know, this is a band, you know, to credit to them, listen to, to their fans to a certain extent. But I think in this instance, it was a detriment to them. I disagree that it's a detriment. I mean, obviously listening to your fans means more album sales. I understand that you're talking strictly musically. Right. And that you typically are a fan of more melodic music, or at least music that's more memorable. Right. I don't necess- necessarily has to be like dumb, a lot. Like, it, like, you weren't expecting Cannibal Corpse to go clean vocals. No. At any point. But, like, I get what you're saying. But from a guy that's like, let's just pound him into the ground all the time, I thought Bloodthirst was kind of cool. Because gallery, if you put out Gallery of Suicide again, what are you going to do? You're going to do Swim to the Moon? You're going to expand on that. <laughs> you're going to expand on those differences in your sound. If they had continued on in a more melodic direction like Gallery of Suicide, I think they would have lost people. 
I think yeah, this was the smartest career move. It was the best business decision right, it that was they the could have made. But it definitely was not the best artistic decision. Correct. That's that's all I'm trying to get across. Is and I'm one of those weirdos that you know that I that I don't like. I like diversity, you know, in in all aspects of my life. So obviously, I'm wanting a band that I I like, especially since you know O'Brien and Corpse Grinder are on board. I you know I want I want them to expand. I want them to grow because I appreciate them and I enjoy what they bring. And so whenever I hear them kind of going backwards, to me, that's disappointing. But they went backwards to Vile. Yeah, it's not like it went backwards. Which was still a great record. But they still went backwards is kind of my point. I don't think they went backwards, though, because, like, I think that Bloodthirst is a more technical record than Vile. It's a step up in the chops department, for sure. Right. And I think that, like, you know, before the band only survived on their image, the gore image... And I think that the gore is still front and center here, but the band has some actual tools to back up all the blood. If anything, right. Gallery of Suicide was the step outside the norm. They just did something that was far and above what the expectation was or what anybody thought they were capable of. Right. Well, and I think with my two favorite albums of theirs, it's different from the norm for them and that's the two that are by far the most different as compared to everything else that they release and I think that's why I like it I'm not one of the more of the same people and I'd like to have I I get bored way too easy I think that's probably my biggest problem I think that's why I go down the rabbit hole of Spotify and Pandora and YouTube is because I'm looking for the weird shit that nobody's heard before because I, I get tired of hearing the same crap over and over again and unfortunately, even though as uh, technical as this band gets as time goes on, there's a lot of more of the same shit. They just do it better than most everybody else. In 2002, there was this thing going on called New Metal, and everybody loved it. And Cannibal Corpse would put out an album called Gore Obsessed. Is this a New Metal record, Dan? Fuck <laughs> no. Thank God it's not. This is... So ungodly thrash, so ungodly death. This is just awesome. We're just going to keep doing this death metal thing, everybody. Well, don't you want to make new metal? We, we did. New death metal. It's right there. Well, that's not really the same thing. Right, but this is better. It's definitely better. <laughs> it's better than new metal, but it's not better than Bloodthirst. Gorbzest, I thought, was very similar to Bloodthirst. Which isn't a bad thing. I think this is one of the most enjoyable eras of the band. It is. Like, from here on out. And, like, it's bangers through and through. And I found it pretty good overall. But at this point, after you hear something like Gallery of Suicide, you're kind of like, okay, you did this cool thing on this record, and now you've pulled two records after that to kind of play it safe this is a very safe record for them right it's one of those stuck in a rut kind of things and I, I think it's I think it's on purpose it's like, not like, boring though no 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 but you're stuck in a rut I mean you're it's more of the same it, but it's not like it's 
bad. This is the 2002 it's, version of the set we played last night. I'm still on board. I mean, it's 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 good shit. I mean, there's don't I don't want to I don't want to piss off any fans. I mean, because I, I I love these albums. Okay, man, I love pissing off fans. That's the only reason I do a podcast. Well, I know that's why you do it. Wait till we talk about Save Your Machine next week. <laughs> <laughs> R.I.P. Mushroom Head. Yeah, I can only. Um, I gotta have the diversity, so especially whenever you have fourteen albums, you gotta have that diversity. So whenever I'm listening stuff cover to cover, through and through, like I don't, I'm not a playlist listener. So whenever you, you a lot of this stuff starts to blend together again, and that was the problem we had on on the uh, the first four albums is that a lot of it blended together. When that's when I when I say we get stuck in a rut. I just mean it is you could take a lot of these tracks and interchange them amongst the albums and you're still getting good albums. The thing is, is you can interchange it and it's not going to affect the quality of those albums. You're not going to make one album better, one album or worse because it's more of the same. Is there a day where you can shuffle Cannibal Corpse and be satisfied with what you hear for the next 45 minutes? If I put uh, Gallery of Suicide on shuffle sure <laughs> so you're gonna buy bloodthirst or gore obsessed you're not gonna buy both of them right that's exactly my thing that's my kind of my point it doesn't matter which one i find if it's sitting there and it's five dollars okay this isn't on my shelf i mean the cover artwork alone is worth having both albums on your shelf right that but well we're starting to get into the digital age you know, this is really whenever stuff like iTunes really started taking off. Which is a huge shame. Because the next record, The Wretched Spawn, has some crazy cover artwork. I mean, oh my gosh. <laughs> it's yeah, it's it's up there. It's one of the, it's probably in their top three best album art covers. As a father of three children, I can tell you I remember the birth of all three children, which is what makes the cover artwork of the Wretched Spawn so terrifying. <laughs> and I realize, like Jeff said, we're in the digital age, but we're also in the age at this point of people starting to give a shit about vinyl again. Can you imagine getting this record on vinyl? With cover artwork that can only be described as you've got the two zombies from Butchered at Birth. They are the same zombies. You can look at it. They are with a zombie doctor that has some kind of weird black wings. And they are delivering some spawn from a nude woman. So you have one wretched spawn coming from the vaginal area you have another wretched spawn coming out of the intestines and the torso and then out of her mouth comes the third wretched spawn this is messed up on so many levels it's hard to look at because I've seen not exactly the same thing in real life <laughs> but something equally as terrifying this is old school Cannibal Corpse artwork at its best. Yeah, that it is. Yes, it is. So let's talk about the music, guys. 
thought there was <laughs> there was music. There was music, yes. Okay. I mean, I didn't really notice that the album had changed, but yes, there is music going on. Are you and kidding? It is the Wretched Spawn. Oh, you guys are missing out. The Wretched Spawn is, like, way better than the last two records. Oh, no, I agree. I'm just messing with you. Like, Corpse Grinder delivers his vocals faster than he ever has, which, when you listen to something like Vile or Gorbsest, you're like, how is that even possible? It's possible. Yes, it is. This was a cool fucking album. Memorable riffs, super technical, Lots of great vocal hooks. This band's at the top of their game. They've got nearly perfect sound quality. Corpse Grinder rules this album, and it's literally their best album so far in my listen through. Yeah, in your opinion. This is one that of is the only bands. From my notes. This is one of the only bands that the music is progressing in quality in 2004, but the vocals still sound like old-school death metal. It sounds like we spent a lot of time getting the drums sounding okay and the guitars sound great, but the vocalist was just one guy, one take, dead center, lead vocalist plus microphone, go. I love the fact that not only is it the death growls, but the screams and shit that he's got on this album evil shrieks dude are fucking tight man i love it uh, that's by far the best part of that is just the diversity he he's showing his chops on this album big time like you said he, yeah corpse grinders front and center on this album it, it this is my third favorite uh, of the 14 releases that they have out this is a fantastic listen it really is dude the song nothing left to mutilate oh, that's funny i was gonna mention that one but Go for it, man. Oh, you don't like that one? No, I dig it, man. I was going to say, that is probably my favorite song on the album. No, it is mine, too. Memorable riffs. There's even some gallery of suicide shit going on on that song. That's probably why it's my favorite. And oh my goodness, I'm like, this is it. This is the record we've waited three albums to get to. This is the, uh, the true sequel to Gallery of Suicide, in my opinion. There's a lot of treading in between. There really is. I think there was a lot of appeasement going on. And that's okay. Like we talked about in the Napalm Death episode that, you know, you got to appease your fans because they're the ones that are keeping you at the level that you're at. Right. They pay your bills. <laughs> yeah. And so they want a band like Cannibal Corpse to always deliver a super brutal, super gory experience. Sometimes for Cannibal Corpse, that means just keep it simple. Kiss. Yeah. Keep it simple, stupid. Yeah. Like, they, they want you to keep it simple. Don't go out of the boundaries too much. And just give us what we paid for. They did that. They did that on Bloodthirst. They did that on Gal... They did that on, um... Gorbsest. But on the Wretched Spawn, somebody came in and said, No... I have good ideas, and they're valid, and I want to start showcasing that in the band. Right. I know this is around the... I know that O'Brien was starting to write a lot of the... Uh, like the main ideas? Yeah, the music. I mean, not the lyrics. He, he's never really... I don't think he's actually done anything with lyrics the entire time. I'm not sure. I don't have physical copies of all of them. Some of these were definitely streams for me. Right. 
but yeah, I don't remember him getting a, a lyrics credit in most of the liner notes that I have. I'm sitting here laughing because every time I read the track listing for this record, I see that scene from Metalocalypse. I see the guy painting the cover of the record. What picture is that? Well, it's, you know, the zombies and, you know, it's the wretched spawn. So they're coming out of here and they're coming out of here and they're coming out of here. I mean, there's nothing left to mutilate. Whoa, that's a great song title. Yeah, actually, I guess we ought to, ought to mention Death Clock right about now, which is the greatest fucking band of all times ever. Besides Cannibal Corpse. I think that Nathan Explosion, directly a uh, copy of George Corpse Grinder Fisher. Oh, yeah. Like, 100%. That that was the model in which the character was built off of. Well, even uh, even though, you know, Death Clock is the best band of all times. The greatest. Everybody ready to kill? Kill was a big deal when it came out. Yes, it was. It was kind of like, this was after the rise of Metalcore. And I think kids were like, you know what? This Azalea Dying stuff's cool. This Kill Switch Engage stuff is cool. This Unearthed stuff is cool. But what are the bands that are truly being brutal? What are they doing? They and are doing necrosadistic warning is what they're doing. They love that fucking song. Literally killing it. I remember seeing videos. I know they did a video for the time to kill is now. I watched that on Headbangers Ball. MTV was still around. I mean, they were playing music videos. MTV too. What show was it? Headbangers, Headbangers Ball. Ball. Don't you mean Headbangers Ball? Headbangers Ball, brother. Yeah. What you mean? Ricky Rackman becomes bald. Is that is that the name of the show? Actually, Get out of my house. I believe. <laughs> I believe that Jamie Josta was the host. Oh, at this time? At that time, yes. Okay. Which adds a bit more credibility. Yes. Love Hatebreed. We need to do a Hatebreed episode. Yeah, we do. Um, I remember seeing the video for The Time to Kill is Now, and there was this dude that was dating my sister-in-law at the time, and he was like, dude, you got to check out this band called Cannibal Corpse. And I was like, dude, I, I know Cannibal Corpse. And he was like, no, seriously, there's like this great new band. I was like, they're they're not a new band, dude. They're they're older than you are. And he was like, <laughs> not older what? than me. He's like, but this is the most technical shit I've ever heard. And I was like, well, okay, I still need to burn you a copy of Human. But you know, he was like, this is so crazy. This is so crazy. And actually, when he did show me that, I hadn't heard Kill yet. Because I mean, at that time, I'd pretty much given up on Cannibal Corpse right after like the bleeding. I was done. And so I didn't know that they were still even putting shit out, to be honest. And when I heard Kill, I was like, oh my god. This is so above and beyond what they were doing back in the early 90s. And I didn't realize all the stuff that had come between to get us to this point. But Kill was absolutely the introduction of Cannibal Corpse to a new generation of fans. It put them back on the map. They'd always been on the map, but this was like, hey, look at me. Corpse Grinder sounds incredible on this record. And, like, it's weird because with a lot of death metal vocalists, when you get to this point in the career, they start to sound really tired and boring. But Corpse Grinder sounds like a 20-year-old kid in a new band. He sounds like he's psyching himself up. Yeah, dude. Every like, single time. Every single night he goes to bed, he's like, who's the fucking man? Corpse Grinder's the man. That's who. Yeah, I have to say... 
the one thing that I love uh, the most about Kill is in the uh, is in the liner notes. Uh, Corpse Grinder happens to say, "Fuck the Alliance," and I'm gonna have to say, "For the Horde." <laughs> Dude, I used to be such the WoW player. Granted, my primary was a uh, a dwarf paladin. So you weren't legit on, at on, all. On, uh, I wasn't on the Black Hand server. So I, what I really, but I started playing on Earthen Ring and AIE. So, and that's that's a that's probably the greatest horde uh, guild of all time. So yeah, I'll say it again for the horde. Nerd alert! Fuck you. Corpse Grinder's vocals, fastest they've ever been. Tempo, neck breaking. They get better and better with each release at this point. Solos, solos, solos. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Just like Napalm Death, dude. Cannibal Corpse? Putting out their best shit right now. In the modern era. Oh, I... Well, I could argue that a little bit, but yes. Well, go right ahead. You'll be wrong, but go ahead. Evisceration Plague. 2009. God, what a ethereal howl to open up an album. <laughs> Fuck. Terrifying. We were all waiting for it, weren't we? Yeah. <laughs> Terrifying. I like it, too, because it reminds me of Scream Bloody Gore by Death when he first starts off, uh, uh, when he first starts that record off just, like, with that screech. It's very similar, and it gave me the same vibe, and I really enjoyed that. Is Evisceration Plague a better record than Kill? No. Really? Yep. The, uh, the growth that was on Kill... It, that's what made Kill more memorable for me. I think Evisceration Plague sounds just like Kill. That's kind of my point. But, I mean, this is not the first time Cannibal Corpse has done this. Right, and it's always been my complaint with them. But as a, as a fan, are you disappointed? No, I'm not disappointed, but if you're going to put both of those in front of me, knowing that I know which one came first, I am always going to go for the original and not the sequel. I can understand that, but, like, these records aren't terribly long. No, they're, like, 38, 42 minutes. You know, they're always floating around there from 35 to 45 for the most part. So I guess back-to-back, -back, like, as a fan, I don't care. Like, I'm listening to it, and I'm like, this is Kill Part 2. I loved Kill. What's the problem? And it's the same, it's the same mentality behind bands like Slayer. You know, when we talked about Slayer, you know. Jesus, has it been like two years now? Yeah, it has. Because I wasn't here. Man. It's more of the same, and I'm entirely okay with I'm it. I'm totally fine with it, because they're still giving me everything that I paid for. You could have fucked it up, but you gave me the same thing. I view them as superior musicians, but when they give me more of the same, it's, you know, whenever I have stuff like Kill and, and Gallery of Suicide, that's just like straight-up cock teases, man. Would you say that cannibal corpse is a band that plays it too safe yes absolutely i think they are far superior than the product that they give you i think they're dumbing themselves down for their listenership to be truthful with you do you think as they got more popular they were like well we don't want to lose this steam train oh that yeah we're on. And, and i'm not gonna blame them i understand it i mean you gotta go with the gravy train i mean i get it 
But I'm not I'm, convinced I'm they the, make the, a whole lot of money, though. Dude, touring? Fuck yeah, they do. Even at this Merchandise? Point, well, yeah, they do. I mean, some of that cover artwork, that's got to be worth its weight in gold, Yeah, right? that's what that's kind of what I'm getting at is, you know, because of the shock and awe factor that they have, yeah, they, they make their money. You know, the difference is, is like whenever we have a, like a, a pussy-ass band like Ghost, you know, that acts like they're all tough and shit. Take you know, that. Because they're all scary looking. Well, these motherfuckers are the shit. I mean, like Cannibal Corpse. Well, they're Corp- still scary looking. What's that? Cannibal Corpse. They just don't wear makeup. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's kind of what I'm getting at. I'm like, these guys are brutal as fuck. I mean, have you it- seen George Fisher? Would you fuck with George Fisher? No. I. Well, that's all that could happen. <laughs> that's that is literally the only. Uh, that's I'm the only sorry option. About, sorry about that beep that came up in there, but <laughs> we got to get that thing fixed. But you know, it's funny to me that these guys are so scary and so serious when their lyrical content is so cheese. But for some reason, they get away with it because of their superior musicianship. You do get away with some things. Because you've been around a long time. And when your band is called Cannibal Corpse. They're not having to get away with anything other than the, the fact... Maybe getting away with more of the same, is that what you mean? Exactly. Yeah. Okay, I gotcha, yeah. They're definitely writing... They're definitely... Writing that way. Following wave. the book that Slayer wrote. Your fans love you. They love what you do. They only want what you have done. The one thing that keeps popping in my head over and over again... And we've been talking about more of the same. Demon Hunter. Are you suggesting that... No, they follow the same philosophy. You give your fans what you want, you give more of them the same. Right. And is that not a successful formula? Oh, it's very successful. But it's also the reason why that I kind of shat on Demon Hunter in the episode that we did. Right. But at the end of the day, Demon Hunter doesn't sound like this. No, no. I Yeah, I'm not talking about the... the if they either band sounds like each other, I'm just talking but, about how they sound. It's just more, they're presenting you more of the same is all I was trying to the point I was trying to make. But at the same time, Demon Hunter's not trying to impress Dan Terry in 2018. They're trying to impress youth group kid 45, you know, or whatever. Yeah, that, um, that's that's hearing metal for the first time. But Cannibal Corpse is trying to impress. Is Dan it Terry. trying to impress Dan Terry every time? And I have to admit, since Kill, they have. <laughs> I'm totally on board. Maybe that makes me a meathead. Whatever it is, I don't give a shit. It's awesome. Yeah. It's, as bad as it might sound that I'm talking, you know, truthfully, I've been on board since Gallery of Suicide. You're talking, you're talking minor gripes. Yeah. I mean, I'm probably, you know, blowing it out of proportion. But I love this fucking band for the the last nine albums that there's, they've done. Yeah, there's no, there's no like, oh my god, guys, what are you doing? There's none of that with Cannibal Corpse from Gallery of Suicide on. Yeah, it's just tweaks that I'm wanting. Yeah, and they, I think they do that though, like because you go from Kill through Evisceration Plague all the way into Torture. Is Torture a safe record? Absolutely it is. Safe record for Cannibal Corpse. Yeah. Yeah, it's more of the same. And I still don't care. It's great. They're going to tour your they're going to tour They're going to tour Europe and they're only going to be able to play like some of their old songs. But <laughs> Actually, I think what was the gag order on Cannibal Corpse? They couldn't play anything from the first four albums. Yeah, that in other countries. I think that's um 
Germany for sure. For Germany, and then every time they tried to play in Russia, I think it was like they kept on coming up with reasons on why, like right before their concerts, like they'd shut it down. They'd yeah. shut it down and be like, "Oh, you don't have the right visas and shit like that." And like, whatever. Yeah. It's crazy to me. But come back, come back. Are to you trying to say we can't play Hammer Smashed Face? No, no. That is on your third record, and we have banned you from playing that. Actually, I think Australia is another one that they. Australia was really hardcore about it. Yeah, because uh, I think uh, Corpse Grinder was kind of like making fun of them because like some of the really brutal stuff that they had in the beginning, uh, you can't play that. But then they had like stuff that was even more asinine, and they could play that. And I'm like, <laughs> it's really fucking funny, actually. Yeah, it is kind of funny. It just doesn't make sense. But I think that was just that's the difference between politicians in the '90s. Versus politicians now. Eventually, somebody was like, I don't give a shit. We'll keep the old laws in place to keep the grandmas happy. Again, in case grandma's awesome. <laughs> but, you know. I don't know what you're talking about. My grandma listens to Cannibal Corpse. Does she? No, my grandma's been dead before I was even born. That is so brutal, Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad that you shared that with us tonight. <laughs> Good evening, Australia. <laughs> Unfortunately, we cannot play Hammer Smash Face tonight. It has been banned. Lucky for all of you, we will be debuting a new song called Sledgehammer Crushed Skull. <laughs> <laughs> What's funny to me, though, is that... With the fact that in Australia, they can't listen to, like, the first half hour of this episode right <laughs> well what's crazy to me though is that like considering our conversation i'm going and being like you guys can't play any of the chris barnes era darn oh no what am i gonna do now i guess i'll just twiddle my thumb fucking right vile on yeah you know vile on man good evening australia yep. i know we're back tonight we're playing kill in its entirety Victory. Let's do it, man. I am totally on board for that. And I know we're like not talking about torture. Not gonna lie. Torture sounds like the last two albums they put out. Yeah. Flat out. It, it does. I'm not gonna lie to you and tell you that Cannibal Corpse is an innovative band. They're not. Oh, they can be. They will they, be. When they want to be. They will be. But on torture, they were not. No. On torture, they just basically played it safe for two albums, which is kind of a trend I'm noticing. Because, like, uh, you know, Gallery of Suicide, they did a cool thing, and then they waited two albums. Then they did another cool thing, and they waited two albums. Well, they waited three albums. I thought it was Kill when they really started doing cool shit again. Yeah, I mean, you know, whatever your opinion is, which is probably wrong. Okay. Unless it's mine, it's not right. <laughs> so, 2014, A Skeletal Domain. Oh, my God. My God. Dude. This record. It is groovy as fuck, man. So groovy. Like, they were like, okay, we played it safe. Fuck you guys. We're going to put out this groovy album. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be technical. It's going to have <gasps> traces of melody in it. I know. It's crazy shit. And you know it? what? You're going to love it because we're still talking about hacking people apart. Easily my favorite album. Love this fucking album. This is my second favorite album. Yeah, this one I hit seven times this week. Seven times? You had time for that? Yeah. 
I've been listening to this album for like four weeks, dude. Like it's so great because, like, I mean, I like I made the calendar, so like I know what bands we're gonna talk about yeah. ahead of time before I even tell you guys. So like, well, here's the great thing: I started listening to this like early on because I was like, I remember buying this um, on CD. Really wish I had bought it on vinyl, but man, a skeletal domain is one of the greatest albums ever released by Cannibal Corpse, hands down. I don't give a shit what Chris Barnes fans from the early 90s think about it. Couldn't give less of a shit. This is an album that was perfected over time by guys that were above average musicians and just had to find themselves in order to make it happen. And they finally made it happen in 2014. Dude, I love this album. It's it's everything that I ever hoped and wanted for from Cannibal Corpse. Dan just got some victory in fanfare. <laughs> Dude, it's so brutal. Dude, it's brutal. It's groovy. It's badass. It's in your face. But you can do that and still be technical and minorly melodic at the same time. Where it's, it's melodic enough where everything's fucking cohesive. And that's what I love about this album is that it's just so smooth. I like how the fuck can you say that about a Cannibal Corpse album? It's smooth for Cannibal Corpse. <laughs> it's really fucking smooth for Cannibal Corpse. But that's okay. Like, like we said about like Dillinger Escape Plan or Slayer. If you're only here for Godzilla, if all you care about is the gore lyrics, they got you covered, dude. Well, like, don't even worry about it. It's funny you would mention Godzilla because some of the drumming on this kind of reminds me of, uh, obviously, it's... It, Gojira? Gojira. I, I got some Duplantier vibes in the drumming on this album. Yeah. And you, and you know that's quite all right with me. Those French boys are everywhere. Excuse me, sir. Yes, sir. I was told one of you is here for Godzilla. That's correct. I am only here for Godzilla. He's out back waiting for you. Perfect. When can I see him? Right through that door. Perfection. I knew that once I talked to the manager, I would finally get what I want. I wish I knew more about how this record was produced. I haven't done a lot of research into how Cannibal Corpse records, if they have a specific producer that they go for, if there's a specific studio that they want to be in. A lot of what is happening on a skeletal domain is the same musicians on Kill, The Wretched Spawn, Gorbsessed, and even Torture. But it's the way the record is put together. It does sound different. It does sound better. It sounds like there's something else going on. They really tried hard. It's the opposite of what death metal, black metal is still today trying to say. It doesn't matter about the production. We just make it sound like shit on purpose. It clearly does matter. When you put effort into it, it sounds better. There is nothing wrong with that. I have to point out two of my favorite tracks on this. Funeral crem Cremation and Ice Pick Lobotomy. And they're back to back. I mean, God, it's fucking great. You already got it for me. Ice Pick Lobotomy is my shit. Yeah, it's fucking great, isn't 100%. it? 100%. This is one of those cover-to-cover -cover listens that I always talk about. 
This is another 10 out of 10 for me. And for a band like Cannibal Corpse, that's kind of amazing. Because they're a band that I think a lot of people don't come into expecting much from. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, they are, you know, it's kind of like that girl next door. You've been so obsessed with that supermodel blonde that you didn't realize, holy shit. You know, the, the gal next door is everything that I always wanted. And it's there. And she's great and awesome. And so is this album. Keep in mind, though, the girl next door is a straight up corpse. <laughs> okay. Like straight up. Because this is the neighborhood we live in. Yes. We live in the death gore neighborhood. I've been listening to a lot of death grind and grindcore and this death metal has been like a, a nice, easy, relaxing listen. This band. <laughs> How fucked up is that? The like Cannibal Corpse is like your relaxing listen. It is though. It it really is. The skeletal domain is like been was like my chill album of the week. They check all the boxes, and they do it so well. So in 2017, they put out a new album, which I was surprised by actually. This was the first post podcast, like from when we started the podcast album that had come out from Cannibal Corpse. And I remember waiting for it because there was an idea that we were going to do a Cannibal Corpse episode a lot sooner than this. But we scrapped it because I was like, I don't know, man, that Red Before Black's coming out. I got to hear that shit before I say anything. This record, if you like a skeletal domain, you're getting that again. This is the first time the band has done the crazy thing twice. Now, they're infamous for unfortunately being like, well, that sold really well, so let's do it again. In my opinion, Red Before Black incorporates the brutality of Vile with the technicality and the musical prowess of a skeletal domain. There's less groove, too. but A little a bit. bit less. It's more brutal. Oh, yeah. Qu quite a bit more so, I'd say. But, I mean, it's Cannibal Corpse. I want it to be brutal. So whatever your opinion is that's like, oh, it's not as good because it's brutal is wrong. <laughs> it's a public service announcement. I'm just letting you know. What? I'm always wrong? Always. Yeah, I've gotten used to that. Wait till next week. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Yeah, because next week I don't think I've heard a single song from this. Ne the, next week we're going straight gothic metal. Okay, well, I'm okay with that. But red versus black. Red versus blue. Oh, yeah, uh -huh. I knew you were going to go there. Halo, motherfucker. <laughs> Red Before Black was a surprise album for me. I thought it really checked all the boxes, and they really tried to incorporate everything that they've done in the past 10 years into one record. Yeah, you can criticize them for not being innovative. It's not innovative at no, all. No, it is not. It's but another at, safe play. But at this point, man, I'm a fan. When I started this musical journey earlier this week, it was a little rough. I got to Gallery of Suicide, and I was like, okay, please do something different. And thank God they did. Because, I mean, after listening to Eaten Back to Life, Butchered at Birth, you know, like, I was like, oh, man. I don't know if I could keep going. I don't know if I could listen to 14 albums of this shit. Right. Yeah. It's and to be honest, since then, I've been completely impressed. You're They've not the always one. done something that I've been like, I was not expecting that from this band. However, 
they're also a band that understands why I liked them in the first place, and they deliver on that. So as a fan, I'm like, this is great. They care what I think, and they follow that, and they deliver consistently every time. This is one of the few exceptions where they didn't release a load and reload. We didn't ever have to sit through an album by Cannibal Corpse that had clean vocals. Can you even imagine how shitty that would be? Sure, it's called In Flames. (laughs) Go back and listen to that episode. I'm even more drunk on that one than I am on this one. They've never messed up. And in the history of this show, that is not very common. Napalm Death was the only other one I could think of that's putting out the best music of their career right now. So in roughly two hours... We're basically saying it's all good. It's not all good. As you go forward. Yes. From 1998, so for the last 20 years. We're uphill the whole journey. 20 out of 30 ain't bad. Yeah, no shit. The bleeding notwithstanding. But I mean, even then, if you really think about it, if you loved Butchered at Birth through the bleeding, you're still fine. And I think that kind of echoes the sentiment that me and Jeff have about the newer material is that like, you know what, even if it's a little derivative, it's not bad. It's still what I want. It's still what I expect. I'm happy whenever they surpass what I expect, but I'm still okay with what I expect. So even if you're a diehard Chris Barnes fan and that's the only era of the band that you like, They still delivered that. It's not our preference. But if it's your preference, you're okay. They still got you covered. We're definitely more of the progressive technical fans. So we want to hear what else they got. But I would say throughout a 30-year career, the fact that they are still relevant musically is a huge testament to how great of a band they are and how tight they are and how much they listen to their audience. That's my final thought. Jeff, what about you? First go around with uh, Cannibal Corpse. Uh, thought they were a gimmick band. And initially, they pretty much were. Uh then gallery suicide hit and i realized that you know yes i think corpse grinder gets all of the accolades about you know the new direction of the band but i actually think it might actually uh pat o'brien might be more important to the band as a whole Uh, that's the lead guitarist and he writes most of the technical material that you're hearing on the last nine albums He's amazing. He, he's one of my favorite guitarists. And I have to say that I enjoy the consistency that Corpse Grinder gives you for the last 20 years. Like, how that dude has been able to do that for two decades and not, you know, just completely trash his voice is almost inhuman. So, yeah, I, I, I love these guys. And I never thought that I would be saying that on an episode because my first you know exposure to this band was the Chris Barnes era that I didn't really care about. I 
truthfully, kind of thought it sucked. I mean, sure, it was it was fun. Shock value was, you know, got a kick out of that. But I didn't really, you know, I didn't like it. You know, it was just, it was just something that was fun to listen to because it was so absurd. But as time went on, yeah, you know, their lyrics are, you know, completely grotesque. And, you know, it's essentially, you know, it's a horror flick in, in a in music form, essentially. I mean, that's really what it is. And as long as you look at it from that perspective, it's it's a fun journey. I've had a lot of fun listening this week, and I didn't expect that to be the case. Yeah, you know, there's a couple of, you know, tracks uh, that have been in my playlist, but I always thought those were kind of the outliers, you know, throughout the years, and it was actually not the case. Uh, they've been a strong, consistent kick-ass band for literally 20 years and uh i think they get overlooked because of you know their name and their album art and the shock value of their lyrics there's so much more for you to get out of this band than just that they are a fantastic technical death metal band everybody should check them out hey jeff welcome back to the show oh thank you 14 albums good luck (laughs) <laughs> Do you want to listen to a band that it is acceptable that you will enjoy nearly all of it? Listen to Cannibal Corpse. Do you like technical death metal? Listen to Cannibal Corpse. Do you like listening to vocals that at times are completely inaudible? Listen to Cannibal Corpse. Do you like heavy thrash? Listen to Cannibal Corpse. Cannibal Corpse is a band that people know the name, not a lot of people listen to. And they are a band that should be listened to more. In a world where Anthrax can be the fourth band in the big four, we can start stacking up bands that could easily take that spot. But Cannibal Corpse, I think, is the number one for technical death metal. Not because they're the best, but they do set a bar that other bands can't top not because they're better but what they do and the way that they do it is simple and unique how many bands just chug their way through the song most of them but the majority of the vocals are just one guy doing a take so let's see if your band can keep up jeff what's your album of the week all right this band is really just one dude his name is Fink, F-I-N-K, and it's not metal, but it's fantastic. The name of the album is Perfect Darkness, and I will tell you this, the first track you ought to check out is Warm Shadow, and I actually got this off a, um, it was on an episode of The Walking Dead, and I've been a fan of this guy ever since, and there was... This was probably season three or four that that uh, song is being. Uh, I think they're in, they just get to Alexandria, so if you're a fan of The Walking Dead, uh, it's in there, and that's where I found it. And this dude's fantastic, so check it out. Damn, what about you? My album of the week is a little bit of a different one. It's not metal at all, but it is the solo album by Stephen Mark Saro. It is called The Spirit Shrill. And it is like a noise. It's terrifying. 
There's really no other way to describe it. It's not beautiful like the Unteachers album was. It's terrifying. It's a little bit noisy. It's a little bit atmospheric. It's not really even rock music like you would describe it. But I'm finding a lot of value in it. And there's so much to unpack in it. It's worth a listen when it comes out. My album of the week is the first record I ever listened to by Cannibal Corpse, Tomb of the Mutilated. Yes, it has Hammer Smash Face on it. There's a reason it's the first album I heard. Happy Halloween, guys. We've had a lot of fun this month talking about bands that were a little bit more scary. We talked about Mushroom Head, who thinks that they're scary. They're not. Talked about Virgin Black, which is really kind of scary. I mean... You're in the middle of this like beautiful operatic thing, and then you're like, and you're like, oh, oh, okay. You guys are going to be like that. I got it. And then we talked about Torture Killer, which is another band that thinks they're scary. They're a little scary. Talked about Cannibal Corpse, another band that thinks they're scary. They're pretty scary. Um, but as far as things that I've been checking out lately... One of the greatest YouTube shows, as far as I'm concerned, is the YouTube show Good Company with Bowling, or just Good Company. Scott Bowling, huge friend of the show, consistently puts out long-form interviews with artists that you care about. Did an interview with Brian Head Welch from Corn. Did an interview with Sonny from P.O.D. Did an interview with almost everybody from Fozzie. With Michael Sweet from Striper, Scott will go through a band's discography with the artist and discuss it. And we here at Discography Discussion appreciate his diligence. Check it out. It is a cool show. High production value. Video interviews. Scott's got it all going on. Amazing editing. And I just love the show, and I can't get enough of it. And on that note, this has been episode 88 of Discography Discussion. Thank you for listening. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Subscribe to our podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts, including Google Play, iTunes, and Stitcher. Visit DiscussMetal.com for all things Discography Discussion. And please, send questions and comments to Show at gmail.com. If you are not a patron, you can become one at patreon.com forward slash Discuss Metal. We have some sweet perks. Give me your money.